0: You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org podcasts. To a trip artist interview. My name is Marjorie and today I am on the line with the one and only Donna Diane of Juna. Hello. Thanks so much for being here today. To jump right in, I know you've talked about your Moog pedal as a sort of bass synth a bunch in the past, but I find it really interesting. And when I've seen you live, I actually didn't realize that's what was happening. I want to make sure our listeners know the details. Can you please tell us about your Frankenstein creation?
1: Yes, this bass synthesizer, I basically cobbled together out of parts. It's like a synthesizer plus a pedal board plus some effects routed in. And it's basically all the bass in Juna songs comes from me playing the synthesizer with my feet simultaneously while I'm playing guitar and singing. So it's totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've really fallen in love with a Juna started as like a solo project where I was just playing the synthesizer and guitar and singing and then that worked well so then i just got like a drummer involved and just decided to do this crazy experiment of like a two piece that sounds like a full fledged band but everything is played live there's nothing pre-recorded there's no loops or anything like that and it's just it's just kind of like a fun thing like in an era where like there's so much technology and like you can go up on stage with a laptop and do and make epic music, you know, it's it's just it's kind of a fun experiment and like using technology, but everything has to be played live. There are no like digital shortcuts to it.
0: For the Seven Winds of Sekmet video, you made this amazing chainmail bikini as well as a <laughs> light up alien baby prosthetic. I know you talked about this some on your Instagram, but I would love for you to tell our listeners about these projects.
1: Oh my gosh. So the outfit that I'm wearing, this like metal two piece thing, it's on the album artwork too. I was initially making it for the album artwork. And I guess I don't really even know why. (laughs) I (laughs) I get these like, things in my head sometimes and I just started like I've never made anything like that before in my life I have some sewing like the cover of x photo I sewed the nun habit that I was wearing so I guess I'm like now have like a a thing of like making whatever costumes I'm wearing (laughs) on the (laughs) the album cover but yeah I'd never like done anything like jewelry making or anything like that before so I was just like spent a couple months cobbling together This outfit. And then when I happened to talk to the photographer who did the album cover, I was telling her about it and she was like, oh my God, we have to do this. Like, this is totally my style. She knocked it out of the park with the album cover. And then I was like now I have to use this outfit for a music video. (laughs) So that was kind of how the video Seven Winds of Sekhmet was born. And I talked to Dave Rantauskas, who's the Chicago director and photographer. He actually did the album artwork for x and did a couple music videos for us previously. And I came to him with this crazy idea for this sci-fi story. It's based on an illustrated story that appeared in heavy metal magazine back in the 70s um, inversion of the eve myth where this like space babe like walks into the jungle (laughs) and like starts eating all this fruit and then like instead of destroying the earth she ends up becoming like a mother and creator herself and she kind of becomes pregnant with this new world and i i absolutely loved the message of it and so i was like can we pull this off and he was like sure and then i don't even know how we did like i like had to make all these props for it and one of them was like this crazy alien baby bump that i made out of epoxy i i still don't know how i made that <laughs> either, it's just like it's part of the fun of music for me it's like once the album's done it's like doing all like the visual stuff that goes i don't know it's like the one time that i'm like in my life that i'm like a visual person i don't know why <laughs>
0: yes amazing there are a lot of catholic undertones to juna from the latin album names to the sexy nun habit you sewed for x voto. uh where does this come from
1: um you know i was not raised catholic i um <laughs> yeah i i think it's actually more related to me being an english major like the latin than anything else. And ex Voto, the cover of that was inspired by the year I had finished the album. I visited the Louvre and there was a, a painting that was called, that was an ex Voto painting that I saw that had these Jansenist nuns and these um, beautiful, they were not a mini skirt, <laughs> 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 okay, but they had these like beautiful nun outfits with the red cross. And I was like, That Looks Amazing, X-Moto, one of my favorite songs on it is called Nurse and Nun, So it was like this beautiful hybrid of the two. So I was like, I have to recreate this painting for the cover of the album. And then, yeah, the Latin thing just kind of continued. So now I'm like, (laughs) this is another thing I have to do for the third album is I have to make an outfit. and
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. You've committed.
1: (laughs) I know. I mean, definitely like the first album and the second album This is so much about personal identity and really, and I really feel like I really got something out with this new album that I was kind of building up to with the first one. So I kind of don't even know what I'll do (laughs) for the third (laughs) one because I really feel like those are bookends of like a really personal story of healing for me and there a lot of people are like they they sound so different as albums but they're really companion albums there's so many similarities between them.
0: The album is an exploration of your journey with complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD. What is it like to make art from a place of that trauma?
1: You know, it's really interesting because people have been kind of asking me about it. And it would be one thing, I think, if it was just giving voice to the trauma but there's something different that happens that when it's talking about healing from it, mm-hmm. so when I was writing it, I was thinking of it as like a way of transforming it, like not sublimating it, but like really transforming that pain into just something beautiful. And I think that's what I'm hearing from people is like the thing that's really resonating with a lot of people is like, it's not just giving voices it is a literal transformation and, of it into something that is powerful and beautiful and I really drew a lot of influences from formal poetry. I really wanted to give structure to it instead of just having it be something chaotic. The album really was part of the healing process for me.
0: With the heaviness and vulnerability of your music, is it ever hard to perform these songs live? You know, no. I somebody asked me about that and are you ever
1: afraid that you're going to have like a trauma response on stage or anything? And I was like, I never even thought of that before cuz honestly, the experience for me is really I think because of that like transformation aspect, it makes me feel powerful to get on stage and do this stuff. It puts me in like a really good place to do it. <laughs> to do it, it's like I'm not, you know, returning back to like a place or something it's it's it almost feels like i am honoring that actually on this tour like i've really been thinking about my younger self on stage and i'm like i'm gonna make her proud of me (laughs) like she's who i'm singing to like she's who i'm really emoting for and hoping that other people connect with it too but like it is really just like going to a place of like I did it like I'm here like I'm I'm doing this and I'm like being this person that feels whole in a sense I guess is the best way to describe it
0: <laughs> wow what a gorgeous answer thank you <laughs> oh thanks I have been lucky enough to be at the release shows for both ex Voda and feminine Furins, and you have a very destructive gimmick unique to you <laughs> For the former album, you destroyed your strings with garden shears and for the latter, a sword. Is there any symbolism behind these acts and the different weapon choices?
1: (laughs) You know, the first time I ever did the like garden shears, hedge clippers thing was actually in Beach Run Jewel. It was just like another one of those things that like popped in my head. And I was like, I'm going to do this at a show. And the guys in the band were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like do this at the end of the show. I actually first did it at the Whistler and there was like 10 people in the room (laughs) and everybody was like, what just happened? But one person that was there said something that was so interesting. It's like, I didn't even know why I did it. I just wanted to do it. And they were like, I loved that because I've never seen a woman fuck a guitar on stage (laughs) before. before and then I was like oh my god (laughs) that's so true and I kind of loved that and then it kind of got me thinking about like you know the history of like men destroying guitars Mm -hmm. on stage and boy when I post the stuff on social media response is so polarized like half the people are just yeah it's like Uh watching it and the men come out tell me how dare you destroy things basically like this woman has no respect for like property (laughs) or whatever almost in a weird way it's like the greatest piece of art I've ever made (laughs) because it's it's so polarizing and it's such a gendered response to it and I'm like all I'm doing is pointing out the latent biases (laughs) yes I love that who is allowed to just things, you know, especially at a time where people with uteruses are not allowed to destroy anything, you know? Just, like, the idea of a woman destroying anything that may be considered a man's property is just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have to find something to criticize about it because it feels wrong to them. Did anybody care when Kurt Cobain destroyed a Mexican Stratocaster, like, every day for... (laughs) an entire year <laughs> Did anyone complain when Jimi Hendrix set a guitar on fire? I don't think so. They thought it was cool and what's the only difference?
0: Gee mm, I wonder
1: <laughs> What's so wrong They crushed me back All their disgust so disgusting.
0: I am Marjorie Alford, and this has been a Chirp Artist Interview with Donna Diane of Juneau. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org podcast.